Did you or did you not decriminalize public urination in no, Washington, D.C.? Did you lead the charge to do so? No, it, the revised criminal code left that as a criminal charge. Did you lead the charge to decriminalize public urination in Washington, D.C.? No, ma'am. Did you ever vote in favor of decriminalizing public urination in Washington, D.C.? The revised criminal code that was did passed you by the ever council support kept it as a criminal offense. Did you, did, and you support this? Criminal? I voted for it, yeah. You voted to keep it as a criminal offense. That's correct. The full council did. We have records that show that you were in favor of removing that criminal offense and allowing public urination. No. The Is that something that you intend to pursue in the future? No. The legislation that you're referring to that came from the Criminal Code Reform Commission changed public urination from a criminal to a civil offense. The council then changed that to maintain it as a criminal offense at the request of the mayor. Thank you. I yelled. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Oh, I've been just absolutely riveted uh, every day by the goings-on of the Gwyneth Paltrow uh, lawsuit case thing. Um, and I, I, I didn't, you know, like whenever you see like celebrities on the fucking stand, you're like, okay, how did this not get resolved out of court, right? Because right. celebrities typically don't like you know, having their face all over tabloids in general, but especially for legal shit. Yeah. Like right. that's, that's the thing why they have expensive lawyers that take care of all that outside of courtroom. Right. Um, so, you know, that like, you know, they, at, at some point, maybe that was attempted, but like it didn't go through. And also this is a lawsuit with a jury, which also was just like, you don't ever want to, you don't want that. <laughs> that's, that's like a big, no, especially if you have a somewhat negative public perception as she does, you know, for just her general, yeah presence I, I, in, in in society but yeah i don't really have any views on her personally like i've never i know other people do but like i don't know enough about her to yeah, right. form an it, opinion it, I don't, right? I don't really, yeah but it's 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 always telling to me when some when one person like what is what's their deal what are they suing for versus the other person's deal right mm -hmm. and this guy is apparently they collided on a on a ski you know hill and she claims he hit her and he claims she hit him right mm -hmm. now whatever there's a witness that says that he's the one that hit her and her details kind of match that because she said as she's going along he like the first thing she saw was someone else's skis come in between her skis the instant before he collided and i'm like that's a detail that lends itself to credibility like the the thing you actually remember happening just before something bad happens is usually like, you know, that's like the maybe the last clear memory you have, right? Um, because I was just in a, you know, pretty bad collision myself, broke my fucking collarbone, head bleeded all over, you know, like that's like you, you kind of go over it in your mind, like, how did that happen? Like, how exactly did this happen? But this guy's suing her for $300,000 after trying to sue her for $3 million, and that got thrown out. 
wow. of court, apparently. And they thought it was a frivolous. That judge apparently thought it was a frivolous lawsuit. This happened like many years ago, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, but he he's like claiming that his injuries caused his like marriage to fall apart and his kids to like never call him anymore. So it's it's kind of like, is he really just like ambulance chasing with this? I mean, so I, not, I don't know. It, not, it not to, I, I have no idea about any of the details of this case, but all yeah. I'll say is like medical expenses can be like the most stressful thing in someone's life when you just sure. because of the shit nature of our healthcare system. That being said, I mean, who knows? You know, it's a celebrity. It's one who has a particularly negative public perception. So it's it's probably an easy target for like, right. I'll I get mean, some I'm, money out of this. This guy's a former doctor, too. So I'm sure he knows a shitload of lawyers. You right, know, and he's, right. And he's got plenty of money to spend on lawyers to try to chase after, you know, it's an whatever. Ultimately, at that point, you know. But she, so she's countersuing for one dollar mm. <laughs> plus legal expenses, which tells me like the only reason she's Principle. going through court is because she knows this guy's full of shit. Right. And she's like, if I could avoid this, I would, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to settle out of court for something that right. this guy's fucking lying over. Right. Or, or, you know, maybe he got hit in the head hard enough that he just doesn't remember it clearly and really believes what it's, what, it, what he's saying. But the only eyewitness to this <clears throat> says that he's the one that collided with her and that <clears throat> he had seen this guy skiing like fairly recklessly earlier in the day, like taking like weight, like, Going way too fast and taking like much French fry where you should have been pizzaing, basically. Yeah, whatever. You know, like basically <laughs> swinging back and forth the entire width of the, right, of the right, slope, right. which just, just just the equivalent of driving like an asshole on the ski slopes, basically. Basically, right. So I'm like, okay, well, this his his testimony matches what she's saying, and she's not countersuing. Right. For anything more than a dollar over legal costs, which I mean, if you're going to countersue, you would always sue them at least for the legal right. expenses you right. incurred. Um, and, and, you know, it's not like she was, you know, if she she's the one that claims that he hit her, yet she was never suing him in the first place. So, I don't know. I just, like, I, I've seen enough legal stuff to kind of know, like, what what's the giveaway over which person's being credible and which one's not. Right. And this just kind of looks that way to me. So, regardless of whatever you think about her, you know, I still feel bad for anybody when they're getting fucking sued over something that isn't true. No, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah, she, she's obnoxious for a million other reasons, but if, if she genuinely was the one who got hit, then yeah, that's that's fucked up. But yeah, so you know. Um, oh, I also learned another uh, amazing movie fact. Did you know that in the movie The Burbs, the little toy poodle dog is the same dog as the dog from Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> really that's it's funny. the same yes oh it's oh it's like the actual oh wow yes I, I, it took me a minute to put together what you were saying not the Holy same shit. breed it's the same what physical fucking... animal this <laughs> this dog has its own imdb page it was also <laughs> in batman returns its dog's name was darla oh is the dog they fucking that, that they throw into the into the water at the beginning with the penguin but that, that his fucking parents have no i think it's one of like the you know there's all like the circus freak oh villains. it's like his the, the his like the woman that's like with him has the dog i think yeah he throws penguin. he throws the fucking batarang and the dog catches it in its mouth remember <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the same fucking dog this dog yeah, has damn, had a bigger a fucking, fucking film career than most people mega star <laughs> dog that's like yeah. I, I forget what director it was someone's it might even been like iron sorghum but someone had some take about like how there should be a like, oscar category for like pets and movies and honestly you know between that and like fucking uh the dog that plays brandy and in, in once upon a time in hollywood there's there's been some pretty legendary like animal performances. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind like a 
you know, a secondary fucking <laughs> from like the secondary awards. I mean, we have a puppy bowl. Like, why wouldn't we have a a canine Oscars? I think too? the problem is just there's sometimes there's going to be a lack of you know <laughs> you're going to run away with it some years. It's going to be the you know like the year the Crash won the fucking Best Picture Oscar. It's like the competition was not you know, right. particularly stiff this year. But, uh, but well, no, they yeah, they did that simply because Hollywood wasn't ready to give the best movie award away to a game movie that was brought back here right clearly the best film that came out that year at least among the the and it was a shit movie year but that was a you know phenomenal movie in a year of real shit movies so yeah that yeah yeah, that was the political i mean that was the same year i think that they booed michael moore off the stage for fucking criticizing george bush so i mean that tells you what you need to know about the fucking uh, state of hollywood in 2004 america Yeah, liberal Hollywood that was Fucking like, garbage. yay, war. Right. Um, so, yeah, speaking of, of well, liberal garbage, we should mention uh, Mark Hamill and his little fucking stunt. Yeah, no, I, he, God, he, he's just such a fucking... I mean, it's, you know, again, I feel more and more uh, vindicated in, in you know, because a lot of the argument around uh, The Last Jedi when it came out uh, was, uh, oh, well, Mark Hamill didn't even like it. I feel more and more vindicated uh, by, you know, in saying that he's a fucking idiot. And he actually gave a great performance in the movie, but he clearly doesn't know anything about writing or, you know, conflicts or who is the good guy and who's the bad guy like, in a given situation. It, like he his his character understood how dumb it is to just run off to war and dive into it head first without thinking about the context or the implications. Right. But his fucking real life self has none of that wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he he uh, a story came out yesterday in the AP that he is lending uh, his Luke Skywalker voice to an app that warns Ukrainians of potential incoming attacks. When the alert is over, Hamill closes with "May the Force be with you." So he's literally lending his vo- like an in character voiceover to a fucking air raid app that I'm sure some Silicon Valley you know piece of shit is making you know a billion dollars on and selling to the uh the ukrainian you know it's it's so dumb and military. and this associated press article about it is like clearly cheerleading this as like you know like only the bravest thing that any liberal hollywood's ever done and thought and it's it's like literally all of the replies to it on twitter were just like this is fucking cringe this is so dumb this can't possibly be real Right. So whoever got paid to write this article clearly probably works for the, you know, the PR firm that the app company hires. So just 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 to drive home how stupid this is from the article in quotes, attention, air raid alert, the voice says with a Jedi Knight's gravitas. It actually says that in the article. I'm not making that up. This is just so proceed to the nearest shelter. It's a surreal moment in an already surreal war. Yeah, no shit. The grave but calming baritone of actor Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker of Star Wars, urging people to take cover whenever Russia unleashes another aerial bombardment on Ukraine. The intrusion of Hollywood science fiction fantasy. I love that he says intrusion there, like a little (laughs) glimmer of truth. Like, seriously, what the fuck are you... The intrusion of Hollywood science fiction fantasy into the grim daily realities of war in Ukraine is a consequence of Hamill's decision to lend his famous voice to Air Alert, a downloadable app linked to Ukraine's air defense system. When air raid sirens start howling, the app also warns Ukrainians that Russian missiles, bombs, and deadly exploding drones may be incoming. So not even like, like 
just if we feel like pushing the button to to have his voice go off, we'll do it just to keep people afraid. Right. May, may or may not be incoming, but we'll still, you know. It's, it, I mean, it's literally the fucking, the, the colored alert system that, that Bush, you know, rolled out in fucking, you know, in the wake of September 11th. Yeah, like, oh, we're an orange alert today. You remember when the, the entire state of Hawaii got a fucking alert on their phone? Oh, that there God, were yeah. Nuclear missiles inbound. There or, were videos of people diving into the fucking sewers. Like, it was it was insane. Yeah. And and that happened because they were testing the system and the button to activate and the button to cancel test was directly next to each other on a keyboard. <laughs> so it literally was just somebody like pressed the wrong button on accident and the entire state of Hawaii thinks the fucking World War Three starting. Right. It literally said like seek shelter, nuclear, you know, uh, it, it, ballistic like, missiles ballistic, inbound. Right. Like, like inbound from where? What do we like? What? <laughs> like, what do I do? So, yeah, this is this. Like, you think that the people that control things that, like, really matter are smart and would not let something like that happen. And then you find out about shit like this. And then this this just makes it worse. So the actor says he's admired from afar in California how Ukraine has, quote, shown such resilience under such terrible circumstances. Its fight against the Russian invasion now in its second year reminds him of Star Wars, he says. Yeah, me too. Of plucky rebels battling and ultimately defeating a vast, murderous empire. <laughs> like, okay, c- clearly he doesn't know what Ukraine's been doing since 2014. No, or, or the fact that it's backed by the most evil fucking empire in world history, the United States of America. I mean, but whatever, you know, just let's leave that little detail out of the fucking yeah. equation. Voicing over English language versions of the Air Raid app and giving it his Star Wars touch is his way of helping out. Quote, a fairy tale about good versus evil is resonant with what's going on in Ukraine, Hamill said in an interview with AP. The Ukrainian people rallying to the cause and responding so heroically, it's impossible not to be inspired how they've weathered this storm. (laughs) So it's just when the danger from the skies passes, Hamill announces via the app that the air alert is over. He then signs off with an uplifting may the force be with you. So it goes on for a while. As but you're like, standing it, it, in the rubble of your fucking house, I'm sure that's very reassuring. <laughs> so, it, like, um, okay, this is just, like, my res- reply was, like, Ukraine has been dropping bombs on their own people since the CIA-backed coup in 2014. Where's where's he been? Where's Mark been since then? Yeah, no, it's weird. All of a sudden, he's, uh, yeah, all of a sudden interested because fucking, you know, he's so so surface-level and vapid that... You know, whatever MSNBC tells him is is the actual, you know, just just like a third grade level of understanding of the conflict. Right. And maybe a little bit later, I want to read to you somebody who does understand the conflict, who is certainly on the right, but understands it in in a much clearer sense than just your typical reactionary, you know, anti-Biden. Right. uh, Sentiment. But I would I would love if uh, Tony Gilroy in the second season of Andor managed to to work in like. Uh, like a, a season long or like multi-episode sort of allegory for what's going on in Ukraine right now, <laughs> to, you know, from an actual leftist perspective, just to do, see if Mark Hamill will shit his pants when he realized, well, he he's too stupid to really, right. He's too stupid to actually understand that sort of an allegory, but I would love that personally, just cause I, it, it would, I, it would be satisfying to know that somebody would point it out to him eventually. And he would, you know, 
grit his teeth about it, I'm sure, and be like, oh, well. Uh, oh, you just deny. You'd be like, there's, that's, that's, there's no way you can compare those two things. Right. It would be like, that's literally right. what they said in the thing. Right. So just just some of the replies here uh, to the on Twitter, which were like 90, 90% of the replies were like, are you kidding? <laughs> uh, so the first one, NATO's cringiest soldier. <laughs> Next one makes me think of that Evangelon themed earthquake app, but infinitely more cringe. <laughs> Assuming he's referring to the uh, what is that Neon Genesis Evangelon? Yeah, you, it, yeah, yeah. Which it, it's Evangelion. I've, I've watched that, and it's kind of a good anime, but it's also from like 1994, so it's just right. it's like it has all of like the things about anime I hate, like just like being overly repetitive and people screaming for no reason at all times. I'm pretty and, sure that's one of my, my, one of my friends is like favorite. I, I think it's one of his favorite animes. I don't know. He'll, he'll correct me. Cause he listens to the show if it's not, but he's probably, he's probably like, ah, oh, you're mispronouncing the name right now. But, um, yeah. but no, I, yeah, I've, I've never, I mean, I love Akira. Akira was fucking just absolutely groundbreaking in every way. Um, even, even like the techniques of how they were, doing this cell animation were things that hadn't never been done. Um, but that was like 1988 too. So, you know, right. it's even still, yeah, even like the best shit from that era, so, you know, in, in ways always seems dated, even like, you know, the great dramas from the, from that sort of time period has, it's just, it's just, did tough. you, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the, the history of a, uh, like cowboy bebop, but, um, up to that point, every anime had to be designed in such a way to sell toys. <laughs> right. And right. so they had a contract with, a toy maker and that, but they deliberately designed like all of the little spacecraft vehicles they have to be impossible to make, to mass produce a toy out of. <laughs> so they, the contract got dissolved and they kind of just said, all right, do whatever you want to do with this anime then, because we wow. don't have any, any commercial interest in it. So like everyone involved was like, Hey, let's make something that's for adults instead of for kids. That's, that's um, pretty awesome. They yeah. Just and, added and, too many fucking like, like jutting out parts that it would be just too expensive. Exactly. Like you could reproduce. make an expensive model out of those right. things, but you couldn't. And now I'm sure produce... they have, you know, produce $600 oh, yeah. fucking exactly, replicas. Exactly. But yeah, but they, they couldn't make Happy Meal toys out of it. No, right. So, right. <laughs> right. So just a few more of the replies here to this shit. Um, uh, it instructs them to turn off the missile defense guidance system and use the force instead. <laughs> uh, dystopian proxy war go burr. <laughs> if I was being bombed and had to hear, may the force be with you while being bombed, I'd probably stroll out into the street. <laughs> um, talk about a wag the dog moment. <laughs> yeah, right. Really? Um, and then the last one here kind of makes me root for the empire now. <laughs> oh. So that's the general public's response to Mark Hamill he's doing a fucking clown. He's a very, he's an unserious clown. He doesn't know anything about world no. politics. He's just a fucking moron. It's, and it's, it's really a shame. The dumbest people falling for the Zelensky bullshit. Like yeah. fucking, um, what's his name? Spicoli. Oh uh, God, fucking Sean Penn! I mean, he has just, never met a fucking bullshit right wing pretending to be liberal cause that he won't throw himself into. Full. He got fucking, fucking conned by fucking the, Chapo. The, yeah, he got cut. He, and he wrote a fucking thing for Rolling Stone, and it was like the biggest cell phone of like what an idiot he is. Right. Where he could be conned by literally anybody. Where he was like, "Well, he's he's a different kind of cartel leader. He only kills people when he has to." <laughs> it's like you literally like there must have been an editor that was like, "Oh, I'm definitely leaving that in." <laughs> Yo, God, yeah, absolutely. Jesus this Christ. is the dumbest this fucking take. 
Yeah, like every one other drug kingpin is just killing people just for fun, but Chapel's like struggling with it and is like, oh, do I have to kill this one? He's a, he's I guess drug, I do. <laughs> he's a cartel, you know, a drug lord for the people. He's not, you know, he's not in it for the money or in it for himself. He's just trying to, you know, do right by his people uh, yeah. and, and make a little like, money seriously. on the side. But God. Um, all right. So, yeah, let the, while we're on the subject of people being fucking idiots, we should talk about um, the, our, our, you know, Congress people and their lack of understanding of, of you know, uh, the Internet in general, but, you know, just social media apps in particular. Um, this story is an interesting one because it kind of combines, you know, the the genuine, believable, like complete lack of understanding of basic uh functionality on the internet that we know most congress people you know uh possess while also incorporating their their fucking complete propagandist you know warmongering xenophobia over china and um other countries that were uh you know in conflict with or rivals with or whatever you want to call it uh so yeah they're they're looking to uh ban tiktok um but obviously they're not just going to ban the app there's uh a bill right now and and again i want to this this is not necessarily for this episode i want to do a, a deeper dive into it and research it more but from all yeah. indications i've seen this restrict act as yeah. it's called which even even the fucking name is dystopian um and it's like, an acronym for something too of course they can't, right. they can't not have it be a stupid boomer cringe acronym it, it seems like a fucking nightmare this seems like one of the worst pieces of legislation in in uh in in history, if you care about civil liberties, it seems everyone every, the, the way uh, people who uh, you know focus on these these sorts of topics and civil liberties uh, have described it has almost universally been this is the Patriot Act on steroids. This is the Patriot Act for for the Internet age. Right. Um, among some of the highlights I saw, basically the the wording is 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 vague enough that you essentially could be. Um, found guilty of a crime for using a VPN for any reason whatsoever. Jailable up to 20 years for using a VPN. Yeah, so, uh, hey, I, unfortunately, when I have to work from home, I, I'm going to have to do it uh, pretty incognito because uh, if I get caught using the VPN that I use to log into the server at my job, I may be thrown into jail for 20 years. Is, um, and, and that's a, a VPN you require to use? Well, yeah, most uh, companies, when you especially if like companies that you have like internal Excel files that everyone in the company uses that, you know, like multiple people log in and out of, mm -hmm. you have to, you have to do it on a shared server so you can access those files. So you're almost, yeah, required to, to log in via VPN so that your laptop thinks it's in the office so it can access the server. Basically. Jeez, I work for department of state and we never even had that. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I'm sure they have an advanced kind of like, uh, in the background VPN the, with the way you connect to their, their portal. But, but like, yeah. especially smaller companies that don't have that level of it support, you basically are just tricking your laptop into thinking you're at work. So it so it logs. Right. In. Right. Well, all of our computers we use never left the building. So that's right. probably, well, that, well like, that's also probably, yeah. Right. So your if it was like a, a laptop from department of state that I was taking out somewhere, like they have a lot more safeguards for that. Um, right. But yeah, we, we had so many like old redundant security systems that were just infuriating where like it would ask you to like randomly to log into something, <clears> but like 
only every three months to like re-verify your credentials. Yeah, which is the and worst you never fucking remember. No, and you're not allowed to write down any of your passwords. But oh, you that's... have to have you have to have like ten different passwords for all these different systems. So every time you couldn't remember it, it would be like, Oh, well, you have to call this number to talk to this office in DC and they can they have to change it for you. <laughs> which would it would take fucking forty minutes. I'm like, this has got to be a better system than this, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Um so yeah, I basically just started using the same password for everything, which I wasn't supposed to, but it was the only way I could. It's the only way you can remember. Yeah, no, I, I would never be able to. And that, yeah, and that's why I do it my work too. I just use, yeah. you know, across the email and the fucking server. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, but, but they, yeah. we had supervisors that would kind of t- t- like teach us, you know, <clears throat> tricks to remembering passwords, like you know, come up with a a word that's easy to remember, and then just you know, a, a, a specialized character, and then just like the last two digits of the year. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, okay, I know it's going to be at least, you know, uh, one of two or three things if I've only worked here for two or three years. But yeah. And so, and, and, you know, among other things, it just has complete vague language that basically says that they can, you know, jail you for any sort of crime that they deem, you know, a threat to national security uh, right. that occurs over the, it, it, it's, it's again, a hundred percent. And they would, a, and they would never stretch the definition to include things no. that wouldn't be like they, they would never arrest kids for trespassing in Atlanta around cop city and charging with terrorism. That's not a thing that can happen. Yep. No, not at all. That's not something that happened like a month ago or anything. Yeah. So again, you know, it's just, and of course the worst fucking people imaginable in Congress, you know, from the, from the sort of, you know, the two party uniparty uh, are supporting it. Every, shitty fucking democrat that you can imagine supporting it mostly I'm Republicans. surprised though because uh jamal bowman who is definitely not on the left has been very vocal uh in support of tiktok and is framing it as a free he's, speech he is debate. younger i mean he that's the problem is like i genuinely there's there's 100 yeah. percent an actual you know push from all the fucking cia spooks to get this through but I genuinely don't think that most of them even understand what TikTok fucking is. Like they don't understand. So it's easy. It's an easy sell well, for it's, them. It's this Chinese it's, app that's harvesting your kid's data. Like that's, I mean, it's know. an app called TikTok. So there has to be a bomb somewhere that explodes <laughs> right. at the end of it. Right. right? And it's, it's owned by China. So those sneaky Chinese are up to their old tricks right, again. Right. Exactly. It's going to um, be the fireworks factory bomb let, under, let alone under the all fact the fucking, that, you know, the fact that TikTok doesn't even operate in China. <laughs> no, not... no, of course. And not. so we have a clip here of the CEO of of TikTok uh, being asked very important questions about TikTok, and like, right. you can take a listen to his answer for here. sure. The CEO of TikTok, who uh, is from Singapore, by the way, keep that in mind when you listen to this clip. Do yeah. you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Well. It's really concerning to hear about all accounts of human rights abuse. My role here is to explain what our platform does on this. It's a pretty easy question. Do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Congressman, I'm here to describe TikTok and what we do as a platform. And as a platform, we allow our users to freely express their views on this issue and any other issue that matters to them. Well, you didn't answer the question. (laughs) Why would he answer the question? Yeah. She no. like slur. You didn't answer the question. Um, so that was Rep. Uh, Debbie Lee, Republican from Arizona, uh, who was very concerned about the treatment of of the Uyghur Muslims in China, uh, but also was a very vocal supporter of Trump's Muslim travel ban. Weird, weird, it's weird yeah. how that little schism happens. So this was this was TikTok CEO uh, Xiao Zichu, uh, who is from 
he so he is a Singapore citizen who served in the Singapore military and currently currently lives in Singapore with his family. <laughs> Being grilled over what the another country's alleged human rights abuses, which may or may not even exist, and or may or may not even be exaggerated. You know who gives a fuck? It's not that's not what he's there for. You don't ask fucking. But that's it's it's just it's fucking Joe McCarthy shit, right? Um, so to, in case you were curious how close Singapore is to, uh, to China, it is 2,325 miles by air and 3,160 miles by land to the closest point of the Chinese border. Yeah. So, it's so like, imagine, <laughs> imagine the entire like width of America and you know, you're from California and you go to New York and somebody's, you know, like. What, what, do you have a problem with the with the you know hobos on the subway in Manhattan? And it's like, <laughs> ma'am, this is it's the like, Wendy's. It's like if like <laughs> this when In and Out Burger in California, like when they were, when Congress was having hearings on Ticketmaster being a monopoly. If like a congressman grilled fucking Neil Young and like, so what 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 what's your opinion on the residential school atrocities that were uncovered in the Canadian by the Canadian government? You know, like like why the fuck like what the fuck does he have anything to do with? anything that the government of of a country that he doesn't even fucking uh live in that he's not a citizen of yeah. have to do so there, with. there was a ton of people on on tiktok making parodies of this of all these ignorant people right um one of them said said sir are you allowed to type the word china into your app <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously and then one of them this was a uh, u.s rep richard hudson asked this is actually what he asked. He said, so if I have a TikTok app on my phone and my phone is on my home Wi-Fi network, does TikTok access that network? Oh, my God. This uh, These people cannot fucking make laws that govern our lives. They don't even understand a basic fucking functionality of an, of an app or of a Wi-Fi. Like, th- that's insane to fucking say something like it's, that. It, like, d- it, okay, so... You're does one of t- 100 people making a fucking f- making fucking laws that affect 300 million people's lives. Right. You don't know what a fucking right. app does. You don't know how phone connects to fucking network Wi-Fi. Like, what the... F- does TikTok access my battery to steal my electricity, too? <laughs> if I'm running the app, is it stealing power from my phone's battery? Stealing its soul? Jesus Christ, I I really can't. I re- I really fucking can't with these idiots. It, so it yeah, just... I mean, I think there's there's definitely the people that just want to, you know, give the police state more access to all of your social media. You know, and just keep in mind this is this is you know why is Edward Snowden still on the lam? Because he revealed the NSA was already spying on the emails of every single American. Right. Every like, single. How one. much more fucking power do they need? The head of the NSA went to Congress and lied under oath and said the NSA is not doing that. Right. Just a, like a year before Snowden released all that shit back in 2013. Un- irrefutable proof that they were, in fact, doing so, that. So, and I guarantee whoever's on the committee for whatever committee was, you know, asking questions to the head of the NSA, they already knew the NSA was doing that shit. They're just allowing him to come lie on record. Right. right. So it makes it look like they're doing their jobs and they're not. Right. Right. So basically, this would be, you know, what they want to do to TikTok is they said, well, if you you need to the Chinese government needs to sell TikTok to a U.S. company, (laughs) which is just like, like, do you really think you would demand something like that? So TikTok, to their credit, already said, if you have security concerns, we're willing to take all of the data about U.S. users and have it be stored by a U.S. company, Oracle. 
which would be like the biggest, you know, cave-in of any social media company doing anything of the sort right. for any government in the world. So TikTok's already like, we'll do whatever, we'll do this huge thing that would cost us money. Right, which would that, solve the only issue that you're ostensibly claiming to care about. Right. But we know that that's not really what they care about. No, it'll never be enough because when you're a bully, any concession made to you, you just see as an opportunity to, you know, leverage more. Right. right? And there is no bigger bully than the U.S. government. And, and they don't, and any the people sponsoring this and the people writing this and the people pushing for this don't really care about your kid's safety or fucking TikTok, you know, having data on your, it, it's again, it's all a front to push through this draconian Patriot Act for the modern age. And they, I think they see this as the golden opportunity to do it because there's not going to be a war that they can use to, to do this. You know, it, it there's not going to be a better opportunity they have to create a digital version of this. Like this is the best no. opportunity they have to fucking force well, this through. And, and you, you already seen how Facebook has, you know, protected your privacy by, you know, selling it to foreign governments. Right. right. So, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that TikTok's doing that's any different than any other company, and they've made it clear they're willing to go above and beyond to, to protect uh, privacy. Um, but, you know, the other angle is just the fact, like, how many how many U.S. senators uh, hate TikTok because their fucking teenage kids are on it making fun of them? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, there was, I forget who it was. Who was that girl who kept, like, you know, posting oh, God, videos uh, of her Kelly, mom. Kelly and Conway's daughter. Yes. Yeah, that was so funny. Oh, those were so great. <laughs> she was like, yeah, yeah, no, Trump's like really sick, guys. He's probably going to die. Like, really <laughs> worried he's going to die. <laughs> and, and you hear her mother record- screaming at her. She kept recording her mom when she didn't know she was being uh-huh, recorded. And uh-huh. then she's like, are you recording me again? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> oh, so, so great. Good. So, so good. good. <laughs> so speaking of kids that are uh, hip with the times in ways that the um, government can't seem to understand, uh, I have a, a little article here I wanted to read from. Again, just constant, constant CIA propaganda, um, but admitting how much they don't understand the problem and they're, like grasping at straws, like just it's hilarious how they're admitting how they don't, you know, how out of touch they are and don't understand why young people don't want to be just like them. This headlines from, I'm assuming, yes, Washington Post. Pentagon is pressed on worsening recruiting shortfalls. U.S. defense officials face the bleakest recruiting environment since the aftermath of the Vietnam War, with less than a quarter of Americans aged 17 to 24 years old eligible to serve and only just 9% willing to do so. So already there's like a level of editorializing here that is clearly not reporting, right. um, presenting this as though it's this is a problem for the nation, right? The nation is at stake here, right? And this is written by a guy named Dan Lamoth. And I always like to look up the history of some of these writers who mm-hmm. you know get these cushy jobs at Washington Post writing fluff for the Pentagon. And I just wanted to go through just just a little bit of, of his his. Uh, his bio here, which he clearly wrote himself. Dan Lamoth, Lamoth, Lamoth. Uh, anyway, sure. Dan Lamoth joined the Washington Post in 2014 to cover the U.S. military. He's written about the armed forces for more than 15 years, traveling extensively, embedding with each service and covering combat in Australia, uh, Australia, Afghanistan, <laughs> Afghanistan <laughs> numerous times. So he's in the first sentence. He's bragging about being an embedded reporter, right? I'm just one of the troops. Like, yeah, okay. Clearly, 
not biased in any way. We're going to get the real story from this guy. <sighs> a native of Ch- Chicopee, Massachusetts, Lamoth first took an interest in writing for newspapers in high school, and his enthusiasm for it grew while attending the University of Massachusetts Amherst. As an undergraduate, he was deeply involved in the Massachusetts Daily Collegian, a student newspaper on campus, and led its uh, newsroom as managing editor as a senior. In 2004, Dan joined the staff of The Republican, the top daily newspaper in western Massachusetts, to begin his professional journalism career. Over the next two years, he covered higher education, regional politics, and crime in the city of Springfield. Yeah, a a crime reporter, what do you think that involved? Like, oh, what what did the police say? Okay, I'm going to repeat that. Right, right. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, questioning given to every fucking, you know, detail that he got from all the stories he was yeah, reporting I'm, on. I'm amazed he didn't start writing about sports, because that, it just, <laughs> like, he seems like the type. Yeah. Although Hunter S. Thompson started writing sports, so who knows. Um, let's see here. Uh, Dan moved to D.C. area to pursue a master's degree in journalism at the University of Maryland College Park. He intended the Baltimore Sun during graduate school before joining the independent Marine Corps Times in Northern Virginia in January 2018. Uh, I'm sure they're very independent. (laughs) Over the next several years, Dan grew uh, into the senior writer at the Marine Corps Times, spending several months between 2010 and 2012 in Afghanistan's Helmand province, embedded with infantry units during foot patrols, convoys, and firefights. So it it goes on, but it's like you get the point. Like this guy, this guy is going to write whatever the Pentagon wants them to. So just a couple paragraphs from this article, just to show you how fucking dumb these people are, that they completely misassess what the problem is. But when they do glean onto some of the truth, they're just like, how do we, how do we change this? You know, how do we, (laughs) so the Pentagon has, has attributed its difficulties to a variety of factors. This is difficulties in recruitment including the nation's low unemployment rate. So again, right there, like this is is why they keep the unemployment rate artificially high because we got to have poor people go fight wars. Yep. Uh, School closings during the coronavirus pandemic that limited recruiters access to high school students and faculty. Yet another great thing about the fucking temporary lockdowns that we put into place during COVID. Yeah. That's the fucking mentality of a pedophile to (laughs) hang hang out in the, you know, near the the prey on school children. I mean, it literally, you know, it's fucking. And a shifting culture in which more teens gravitate to jobs with work life balance. So just admitting that, like you're giving your life away <laughs> if you join the military, like why don't kids want to? Yeah, I was just say there needs to be more open hostility towards recruiters on fucking high school and college. I mean, high school really. You're not going to see them on college campuses. They they know they've already kind of lost the battle at that point. Oh yeah, yeah. There well, needs go, to be like after. Um, I have a book called Weaponizing Anthropology, and it's about how the the CIA has been trying to recruit academics from universities to basically you know work on how they can do better. Uh, toppling of democracies in Latin America. <laughs> um, just using like behavioral researchers and shit like that. Um, right. And, you know, you know, back in the in Iraq and Afghanistan wars, there was this huge thing where they were using like cultural anthropologists during torture sessions, trying to figure out like more psychologically uh, intrusive ways to get people to talk while they're being waterboarded. Um, and there was a huge uproar in academia over you know, going along with that. And they had a big conference. I saw footage is probably on democracy now. And they were basically saying, well, if we don't uh, have better ways to coerce them psychologically, it, it puts their lives in danger from, you know, worse torture methods. 
And they were like, that's, that, that is insane that you would even think that and go along with that as an academic to think, well, I better help, you know, manipulate them more because, you know, the military can't be stopped from torturing them to death. Yeah. <sighs> so Jesus Christ. back to the article, Army Undersecretary Gabe O. Camarillo told senators that research shows that, quote, most of today's young adults are unaware of what it means to serve in the military, with 75% possessing little to no knowledge about the service. Like, you really think that they don't know about the military? But when he says here, they don't know what it means to serve. I guarantee this person's talking about, like, the absurd notions of valor and duty that they've used to manipulate dumb people to join, right? These kids haven't even thrown a fucking frag grenade into the middle of the fruit bowl of, uh, you know, a family's right. dinner table. Like, they, they don't know anything about what it means to serve. So this is where he gets a little bit more accurate. Um, the Army, he said, faces a knowledge gap, a reliability gap, a trust gap, and a culture gap. I would agree with the second t- or the, the last two things there, but a reliability gap, I'm pretty sure that you're always going to be bombing people like that. People know that that's what you do. They're not, there's yeah. not a knowledge gap there. There's always <laughs> steady work. If that's your business, like that's your fucking life. Right. Work. So the, to the, the idea that there's a knowledge gap that young people just don't know about how cool the military is. Like if only we could reach them in some, you know, maybe a hipper commercial. Um, so with the most significant barriers to service, including fears of death or injury. Yeah. <laughs> suffering psychological harm. And leaving behind friends and family. Like, if, oh, if only we could convince them that it's not psychologically damaging to, you know, bomb wedding parties from miles in the air. Right. The problem is less serious in the Navy and Air Force, but is still trending in the wrong direction. That's that's the author. Again, saying that... Editorializing. That, in, in right. A, this, a, this, is, this is a travesty. We have to get these kids to want to go kill and right. be killed. Right? right. If they don't, that's that, that they're practicing wrong think. Senator Jack Reed, Democrat of Rhode Island, this is a Democrat, the committee chairman, defended the military's work to promote diversity and said the allegations from some conservatives that the institution had become too woke did not appear to have resonated with prospective recruits. What does that even mean? That doesn't mean anything. People just fucking... That has got to be the... I really hope that that's like a a fad and that stays in fucking 2023 because... I don't think I could take another 10 years of conservatives calling literally everything that they like, which is still awful and fucking right wing and shitty and liberal. Uh, it's, they'll find it's, it's a not, new word. Right. They'll find a new word every couple of years. You know, like they've already cr- forgotten about critical race theory. Like, oh, right. Well, this I don't is the new critical race about. theory. Right. No, right. This, so. So this is the Democrat saying, no, our military is not woke, but diversity is still good. Because diversity makes the military better. In a recent Army survey, he said only a small fraction, 5% of respondents, said that they felt the military that in, uh, felt the military places too much emphasis on wokeness. <laughs> whatever, again, whatever it means. So he continues here as Senator Jack Reed, again, a Democrat. Let me be clear. Diversity inclusion strengthens our military. By every America, uh, measure, America's military is more lethal and ready than it ever has been. So uh, again, what what makes diversity good? Turning more people into killers. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Normalizing the idea that you know just because you're Native American or you're, you're black and your parents, you know, uh, had to fight for the right to vote doesn't mean you can't go kill for the military too. 
So it all it is also more diverse and inclusive than ever before. This is not a coincidence. He finishes. So yeah, more diverse and inclusive. So using the the language of social justice to make the military more lethal. Yeah, is is what this Democrat wants. Yep, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a big fucking mat, you know defense contract defense company that's a big manufacturing plant in Rhode Island, all fucking you know seven miles across of it. Uh, I'm sure it's like one of the major fucking you <laughs> right. know. In addition to where all the credit the card state. companies are headquartered to avoid paying taxes, right? They're in Delaware. They just fucking you know camp out the you know yeah. It's, oh, oh, Delaware. That's right. That's right. No, but Rhode Island has a lot of shady shit like that too. Um, yeah, these these places, it's like to justify being a state they're so small that they need to like basically you know incentivize companies there by became becoming fucking you know domestic tax havens um but yeah no i mean it's it's, it's fucking ridiculous but you know luckily you know it's they can write these articles but these articles no nobody who's of age to be recruited by a fucking military recruiter is ever going to read this fucking article anyway so you know, it, it's kind of irrelevant. I, I, I'm not worried about it, but it, it is just funny to see their panic um, in, 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 you know, in an age where people are, are more informed than they've ever been before, that people don't want to sign up to go fucking, you know, shoot it, whatever brown people we happen to pretend to be mad at this right. week that, you know. It, well, and again, this is why they don't like TikTok, because young people are speaking directly to each other on a mass media platform where you could, you know, you could be just like a regular teenager and have tens of thousands of followers and be like, yeah, fuck the military. Right. And everyone, you know, that, that reaches people who actually they need to recruit. <laughs> you know, there was that fucking that movie cherry with Tom Holland, um, where it's like half the movie is him in the military. Then half the movie is him <laughs> out of the military as a junkie. And I love it because you have so many movies like, you know, made by people like Mark Wahlberg, who, you know, it's, it's just trying to make the cops look good, but it's, it, it, ends up not doing that, but he doesn't realize it. Right. Yeah. So Tom Holland, who is all, you know, protected by the, you know, the, the loving arms of Disney. And probably you think like, well, he's never going to do a role. that's going to make Spider-Man look like, a, Oh, and you watch cherry. And like, there he is jacking off <laughs> the fucking in the outhouse. Right. But he, so there's like a montage of him, um, you know, just starting out in basic training. Right. And he's doing like a voiceover narration and immediately you can see that like he it's fucking miserable and he's just talking about like how awful it is while they're showing it. And then the monologue ends with him saying, yeah, don't join the fucking military. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which again, is such a, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's, it's innocuous, but it's such a controversial line in a Hollywood fucking movie that like. You know, I'm, I'm sure that the screenwriter got an oh. immense amount of shit for that. And, you know, well, and you can you there. can tell this movie was not made with the approval and funding from the Pentagon because, you know, the little details like their uniforms looking period accurate aren't there. Right. Right. <laughs> they don't they don't look like any military uniform. You don't get to play with their shiny toys unless you play ball with them and let them. Fucking, exactly. Like the, know, and all the all the shit. vehicles look like they're 20 years older than the actual war in which <laughs> right. they were they were actually serving in. So, um, yeah. But strangely, strangely, you have people on the right who who do kind of understand it. And maybe it's just because they're they know their audience is is more anti-war now. Um, but I feel like the, you know, like the last person you expect to agree with is someone like Glenn Beck. Um, but every once in a while he puts on his glasses and starts talking smart. Right. <laughs> so I don't have an audio clip from him, but I just had a little transcript from, uh, from one of his shows recently talking about exactly the kind of thing that you're not going to hear anyone else at mainstream media talk about, which is like 
the, you know, looking at this proxy war in Ukraine from Russia's side, right? Like how, how dare they present a different point of view? But so, um, uh, all right. So just a little, little bit from him. So this is Glenn Beck talking on his podcast. Uh, we have these crusaders at the state department who just want to keep expanding NATO. And I don't know why they can't see that this is as, this is unacceptable to Russians in the same way Soviet Union trying to put nukes in Cuba was unacceptable to us in 1962, which, I mean, arguably it, it was. Like, that's, you know, right. nukes nukes 90 miles from our border. There was no way we were going to let that happen. No, no. And, yeah. So he says, this continues, this was very, uh, very easily avoidable. And now we are just co-belligerents in this conflict. We are not just providing money and weapons. We're providing intelligence. We have commandos on the ground directing the flow of weapons and intelligence. We've had administration officials brag about painting the targets on Russian generals' backs so they could be killed. Bragging about providing the intel to sink the uh, uh, Moshkova, which was the uh, Russian flagship. We're not just giving them weapons. We're providing the kill chain for them. It's a tightly woven web of information services. The HIMARS, that's the kind of missile we've been giving them, for example, aren't valuable unless you also give them the targeting coordinates from our satellites in space. The Ukrainians are pushing the buttons and pulling the triggers uh, taking um, and taking the bullets, but it's the Americans providing the targets, intelligence, and even taking credit for that counteroffensive last fall. Uh, when the obvious downstream effect happens which is that it drives Russia into China's arms, we then react with this outrage and surprise, like this shock we didn't know uh, that this was going to happen. Of course, this is going to make them closer allies. It was in China's national interest to help Russia. This was entirely predictable. It's like our spokespeople and diplomats are children here. The State Department's job is supposed to be diplomacy, which is to lessen conflict, but their actual objective here is regime change. Right. So, I mean, if Glenn Beck can be that articulate about something like this then you know clearly he's got a right-wing audience but yeah, they're going to hear that and they're going to go yeah what the fuck are we doing <laughs> which is you know great and i'm glad that more people are getting that message it's it's really unfortunate that the left in this country uh at least on a you know a mass media scale has largely ceded this this ground to the right but it's very rare that you ever see any actual criti- uh, critical reporting uh of of what's going on right now in the Ukraine, because it's just, again, it's the Russia thing. It broke every fucking liberal's brain. It broke every progressive's brain. Um, it's, you very rarely see people in any form of even alternative media, uh, laying it out as nuanced and as, you know, factually as, as, as Glenn Beck of all fucking people did in yeah. that, in that. Instance. Well, we have a, so, a former fucking head of the CIA is a, a, is a regular correspondent on, MSNBC, the liberal network. Right. And, and you know, <laughs> on fucking TYT, they're too busy, you know, talking about criminalizing homeless people and saying fucking, you know, turfy shit, you know, about fucking, oh, uh, you know. Uh, she's you, such a right winger. That yeah, that, she's, she's just completely. I, I, t- I tell you that picture the other day from one of their show. I mean, she's got the full Jeanette on Inez uh, fucking like blonde dye job. Like she's just going total fucking. You know, just like it, yeah. it's just, it, yeah, no, it's just fully gone. Well, and you remember how excited they were for Trump getting arrested last week? Oh, man. And and, and now it looks like that's never going to happen because the case they have against him is is basically a nothing burger. Right, which is what we said at the time. It's like it was just <laughs> yeah. complete flimsy, you know, political. Uh, and even they said at the time, it was like, you know, just 
political maneuvering. This is just probably going to help him in the long run. Yep. Almost wondering if somebody talked them out of doing it because of that. Because somebody saw sense on it and realized that to to bring him in on anything less than actual, you know, uh, charges that that not only would stick but that would sway public sentiment is like the only way you really could do something like that. Um, I'm actually wondering if some if cooler heads prevailed, um, on, and that's why it kind well, of. Well, once got the once he started talking about how much he was excited for his perp walk and how it was going to make him look persecuted, and how it would give him a bump for the election, they were like, "Oh shit, this is exactly what he." It's it, literally it's like the, every fucking Marvel villain that allows themselves to be captured on purpose because it's like part of their master plan, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and they were like, "Oh shit." Maybe we maybe we shouldn't put Loki on the fucking helicarrier. Right. right. He was too stupid to not say it out loud. But yeah, I mean that yeah, again, they were just yeah, they they I it's amazing that they didn't think that one through at all. But No, it's because they're vindictive and they're like, Oh, we gotta put him away for something or we know we can do it. And it's like no, this you're not gonna be able to. This guy hires, you know, these lawyers and accountants to make it so complicated to track down all those little flows of money that you know, the best you're ever going to be able to prove is maybe some misdemeanors um, right. and, and, and nothing that's going to get away stick. with financial crimes, all that, like major financial crimes constantly to get right. him on a really like almost a technicality where it's like kind of a crime. But like because of the way he reported it, you know, it was his own money, but like he didn't report it as a campaign expense because it could negatively affect us. It, it's just, yeah, it, it was it was flimsy as hell. So, yeah. I, you right. Know. It, it, and he didn't happened? literally he didn't literally steal from other rich people. So unless he does that, he's never no, going to go to jail. The, that's the only <laughs> fucking cardinal sin in, in finance crimes is, is yeah. stealing from, you know, the one percenters. But what was that guy? Madoff? Madoff? Yeah, Bernie Madoff. He's the only one who yeah. ever went to fucking jail for fucking stealing money because he stole from rich people. But he's, he stole a lot, too. It was yeah. like and he stole billions from, from billions middle class people, too. But like he yeah. the fact that he did steal from rich people was what really did him in because they had the money to fucking go after him. Um well, that's why, what's her name, Elizabeth Holmes, um, is you know supposed to be going to serve her 11 years here. She's stalling like crazy. She even had a baby to try to get out of it. I was just like, oh, my God. what a Oh, man, I wonder if she's still doing person. the voice, if she's still fucking putting on the voice. You know, somebody I, I read somewhere, they were just analyzing like her fake voice, and they were like, she just adopted like a dumb dude voice. Oh, hundred like percent. It's so funny out. when you know it, when you realize that, and then you hear her talk. It's just like, oh, like it's just, yeah. No, and it's not like you can tell it's fake because it's it's like you can tell she's stressing her voice on purpose to sound differently than it normally does. Right. Like you you can tell when somebody's voice is their natural speaking voice or when they're doing an affectation, unless they're you know an extremely really extremely professional like coached voice actor i've been watching um yellow jackets on paramount i just started uh i started the pr- pilot last night because we were oh, talking about it I, I, yeah, yeah i really liked it so far it's really interesting it's it's definitely like this is not a sanitized show this is exact this is like much more what real teenagers are actually like which is terrible I, it, to each it, other it felt very true to life high school like the first the premiere episode where right. they're still in high school i was like wow this is well and I, and I love that it's like also just you know it's not just men that can be violent and horrible and backstabbing like <laughs> right. girls do this shit too even when they're on the same fucking sports team. Right. You know, and you, you can see that like some of these people have have issues, like serious issues, even before they're playing crashed into the mountain. <laughs> right. right. Um, but I love I love that um I was a big fan of Sophie Thatcher from the film Prospect. 
Um, not so big of a fan of her on the Mandalorian. That one episode that everyone hates because of the uh, <laughs> the the uh, cyberpunk Sophie brightly Patcher. lit. Is that the? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the ch- the chick from she's the... right. She's a really petite girl that has a very deep <laughs> voice, and you can tell that's her natural voice. It's just low and raspy. There's always right. there's yeah no I I I enjoy her a lot. I'm trying to th- I've seen her in other shit. I just can't like place my finger on it. But she kind of has a face that looks like every you know hot young twenty something actress right, at a certain right. age. But like she has she's, she's got the edge that like every ten years uh, like some like an actress will come along like that that's got like the sort of the punk rock aesthetic that you know right actually gets these well, sorts of roles. But I also think she's she's like a better actor than most of the other kids on that show. Like, yeah, not not that there's not other good actors, but. Like Christina Ricci, I love her, but like she's she's not a good actor. <laughs> like her acting comes off as very phony and fake to yeah. me. I haven't seen her yet on the show in the pilot, but I the, yeah, no. I, I know she is on the show. But um, yeah, it's still a good role. Like I, there's still like funny things about it. But some of these actors are very kind of like campy actors, and some of these actors are very I naturalistic like, actors. Uh, the the the, but, the the one who plays the young version of 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 the black lady. Um, I don't know her the name of the actress, but she's been in a bunch of like modern sort of like teen like movies lately like she was in the new scream movie really fucking good in that like she's just got a lot of personality i I think she's like for sure well and i I think that like the show does a lot of things that are purely shocking um for the sake of shock value where you're kind of like okay but yeah i mean again like if you've ever seen like you know (laughs) victims of a plane crash if you even live like you might be missing a leg or two right um but it never feels like the show is just purely going for trauma porn because they're always kind of looking at like, what are the effects of trauma too? Right. You know, and how do people cope with trauma differently and the way they're coping with trauma differently, that in and of itself is causing conflict between different people. So it's also the fact that it's basically two totally different shows. You know, you're you're looking at at their lives 25 years apart, which has got to be a really difficult thing to have every episode like that. Right. You know, like just the logistics of sh- of shooting schedules, right? You're basically shooting two different shows. But you've seen how, you know, shows like The Book of Boba Fett, where they don't know how to use a, a flashback effectively, right? Whereas right. this show has to use flashback effectively 30 times per episode, where the moment you're cutting from the past to the future is is telling the audience a very specific thing about what the character in the future is thinking, what they're remembering about the past in any particular moment. Right. Right. And and so just the amount of planning to pull that off, uh, how well thought out they have to be in the script and in the execution of the shooting and everything like I, I'm, I'm impressed with it. I think it's one of the best um, newer shows that are out there. I mean, not probably on the level of like, you know, Wire Sopranos necessarily. But I mean, for Paramount Plus, it's probably the best show they got. Yeah. Why? Well, and I think it, it's Showtime originally. But yeah, it's, just, it, you know, that's it's all. The same oh, is family it? Of, yeah. Oh, so they're just trying um, to distribute it other places. Maybe. You know, I I was just because we were talking about, it, I was looking her up. That she was on the leftovers. She was one of the um the fucking the the cigarette smoking uh, cult guilty remnant. Oh no shit! Remember no she shit. had like she kind of had like her hair was like more like afro sort of in that. She, she looks a lot different than she does now, but like she was, I she was like the young girl that they like recruit in mm. like the later season. I think maybe in season three. Um, yeah. And like she goes to live with that yeah no she was she was really good on that show too or maybe she was yeah. one of the three kids like that went missing with his kid i i forget i it was hmm. yeah i remember like the kids were missing the whole first season and then they realized they joined them or something 
I, it's been a while. It's been a while. I, mean, I know. I, I have a very vague memory of this whole storyline, but I, well, I, I've been looking for something new to watch. But I think I might because I've only watched Leftovers one time same. through. Same. It's, it was a long it's time a hard. Ago. It's a hard watch. As good as it is, it's like a lot. Well, of The whole first season is difficult because it, it's it's like the whole first season. You're kind of like, where is this going? And then the second, third season have a much faster pace and a lot more shit happens. So right, and it's also it's worth emotionally it. draining, but it's incredible. Fucking, I mean, I, I can't think of a more cha- like just well fucking made like like you know deal with this motherfuckers like you know a- off the wall episode of tv then uh the international assassin episode of the leftovers season two the one the 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 hotel the fucking you know purgatory oh, yeah. hotel episode just incredible fucking you know <laughs> ne- never did you think that somebody badly singing a fucking karaoke simon and garfunkel song would make you ball your eyes out but they managed to do it in that episode it's a, it's a now i'm really gonna have to rewatch it because i don't remember that at all okay no, it's <laughs> oh man it's fucking great um but yeah anyway yeah all right so i think that pretty much wraps us up um yeah but- i had one more thing but it's kind of redundant to what we've already talked about so I'll, yeah. i'm gonna show that but uh the headline was just u.s fears a war weary world may embrace china's ukraine peace bid so again we don't want peace. No, that's that's a horrifying notion that people would embrace a peace, an effort for peace. Um, no, we want a permanent proxy war. And how dare people people turn to China for advice on ending our proxy war? Yeah, no, absolutely not. That that's unacceptable. Oh Jesus Christ! This fucking country, such a shithole. Um, what was yeah, that thing well, you had the the infographic he sent me just before we went on air? Oh God, yeah, that was some fucking awful. Uh, let me pull that up quick. So, it was one of those like, you know, poll Americans and see how stupid their responses poll, and it didn't disappoint. Um, and and obviously we talked a little bit off air about how you could you could certainly look at these results and like view them in a different way. But it, it is typical of Americans where they just have a, just the thing that they believe, you know, dogmatically, cause that's what they were always raised to, to believe. But then when you actually break an issue down, like point by point, they're way further to the left than they have any idea uh, of, but basically it was uh, an AP poll. So percentage you say government spending is uh, too much, 60%, too little, 16%. About the right amount, twenty two percent. So sixty percent of the country thinks that we that the government spends too much money. Um, but then, so now spending too much on education, only twelve percent thinks too much. Sixty five percent think it's too little, which you know I obviously would agree with, and that's a significant uh, difference. Uh, healthcare, sixteen percent too much, sixty three percent too little. So sixty three percent of the country thinks we spend too little on healthcare. Uh, the government spends too little on healthcare in terms of you know, taking care of citizens, uh, social security, 7% too much, 62% too little, 29% right amount. So only 7% of the country thinks that social security is too high. Uh, probably the people that don't need social security, right? right. The people who have already hit the cap of hundred. Why, why am I paying dollars. for that? I don't need it. I'm rich. Uh, Medicare, uh, 10% think too little or too much, uh, 58, too little. And you know, 31, even border security, which you would think would be actually higher, twenty-three uh, percent say we're oh well, okay, that actually makes sense. Now no, that's that's more of a right-wing skew of that. Okay, so twenty-three percent uh, think we're spending too much on border security, fifty-three percent too little, twenty-two percent right amount. <laughs> this is a crazy stat, though. I mean, this tells you how fucked up people in this country are. 
29% of the country thinks we're spending too much in the military. 35% of the country thinks that we, the United States of America, a country spending $800 billion a year on defense, is spending too little on the military. So a plurality of people in this country think that we're spending how too many, little on the military. How many of that 35% knows how much we're spending, though? See, that, that's, that's kind of questions that like I would be... I would Very imagine that the, the 29% of the country is the 29% of the country that knows how much we're actually spending on the military. Right. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to, I worked in survey research, not as, I was just administering polls like this. Right, right. But if I was the person designing the survey, I would have follow-up questions like, okay, you know, once they answer we're spending too much or too little, the next question is... You tell is, them how, what the percentage of the GDP is that we spend on the military and right. the dollar amount. And, and, does, and does that change your answer mm-hmm. right that's how you get good data is is fi- finding out if these people even fucking know it, are we spending too much or too little it's like well if you don't know how much we're spending how could you answer that accurately right, right. this is this is like a perception poll not a factual you know trying right. to look for you know also i'd love to see like the geotagging of like where the people mm-hmm. live who said that we don't spend enough money you know, Virginia, I'm sure. It'd be all U.S. states that border the Gulf of Mexico, I'm sure of it. Oh, on border, <laughs> oh, yeah, for border security. I thought you meant on defense. Yeah, oh, no, and defense. It, Absolutely. It, on, defense. Def, on defense, it would be fucking, you know, Langley, Virginia for border security. It'd probably be like Laredo, Texas. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, wherever, wherever your local fear mongering happens to reside, whatever category it happens to reside in is what you're going to be most uh, concerned with. But yeah. We live in a fucked up country with a bunch of dummies that uh, have no media literacy uh, whatsoever. So, you know, great. Right. Well, great and they're getting these. Keep in mind, this is also the people that pick up the phone from a number they don't know. You're right. right. The so, real so fucking no, freak shows of this country. Nobody, nobody who took the surveys under the age of 55. I guarantee that. I, I so can't even imagine with like if you held a gun to my head, would I fucking answer a phone from an unknown scam likely fucking phone number at this point? Like, I mean, was, uh, somebody said this recently about a poll on Twitter somewhere. They said, you know, you, you you're polling. You're going to have nobody who's, you know, millennial, Gen Z, Gen X, like it, people would, would rather young people would rather take. You could hand them a grenade with no pin in it, and they would take it before they would take a call from an unknown number. I probably could throw this fifty feet and get away before it goes off. Like that would be the the calculus, but like rather than answer be this ringing cell phone, fucking fucking Captain America, I'd be jumping on that grenade to avoid a un- number from an unknown call. Oh man, fucking unreal! All right, well, I think that does it for us this week. Uh, but yeah, so if you like the show and you want to support the show, rate and view, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, follow us on uh, SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, facebook.com slash move left idiots, uh, patreon.com slash move left. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. And I'm on Twitter at bike slutty. Yeah, we'll see you next week. I'm sitting in the railway station, got a ticket to my destination. Mm-hmm. On a tour of one night stands, my suitcase and guitar in hand. And every stop is neatly planned for a poet and a one-man band. 
Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Home where my thoughts escaping, home where my music's playing, home where my love lies waiting silently for me. Every day's an endless stream of cigarettes and magazines. looks the same to me in the movies and the factories and every stranger's face I see reminds me that I long to be homeward bound I wish I was homeward bound home where my thoughts escaping home where my music's playing home where my love lies waiting silently for me. Tonight I'll sing my songs again. I'll play the game and pretend. Mm -hmm. All my words come back to me in shades of mediocrity, like emptiness in harmony. I need someone to comfort me. Homeward bound, I wish I was homeward bound. Home where my thoughts escaping, home where my music's playing, home where my love lies waiting silently for me. Silently for me.